Welcome in to another episode of We're Talking. We're talking basketball, raging Cajun basketball with longtime Cajun fan Mike Gaber. How are you tonight, today, uh, Mike? I'm doing okay. I'm bachelor for the week. My wife's out of town. I'm going to join her for an international trip. We're planning or going on uh, next week. Headed over to a Grecian cruise, so we're looking forward to that. In the meantime, holding down the home front. But the, today I'm looking forward to giving some of the Cajun fans a little preview of what we might expect of six new scholarship players that will be suiting up for the Cajuns in 23-24. Good deal. Let's jump right in and get it started with uh, Kyron Ratliff. Uh, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. A freshman out of Booker T. Washington High School. And uh, jump right in, Mike. Let's go 6'8". Okay. Yeah, Kyron's 6'8", 205, little slim. Uh, Going to be more of a stretch four, stretch five player for us. You know, can step out and hit the shot. You, if you look back at his uh, career, and let me say this, he signed in July of 2022. He played his June, first three years of high school at Brooklyn T. Washington in New Orleans. His last year, he played at Sean Dumas Academy, which is a new prep school in New Orleans. Uh, you know, and he had planned to play a second year of prep school, which you can do before you enter college. And in the middle of last summer, he decided, okay, well, I'm just going to sign with a D1 school. And we've been following him for a couple of years, recruiting him for a while, and we were fortunate to get him. I think uh, we had some of our New Orleans area contacts let us know that he was reclassifying to uh, 22. And that really helped us. We beat out some other schools on there because we were just maybe the first to jump on him. so he started practicing with the team in late July uh, and was able to go to the Puerto Rico trip. Uh, let's go back to his high school and prep school's numbers are really encouraging. You know, at Booker T. Washington, 17 points, 10 rebounds a game his junior year. He was All-State his junior year. Uh, they participated in state playoffs, lost by four of the state champion Madison Prep, which is known as a basketball power throughout Louisiana. And at Sean Dumas, he averaged 15 points, 11 rebounds, and three blocks per game. Um, so those numbers are pretty encouraging. But what encouraged me, actually, is I watched a lot of the pregame warm-up. He brought together the Cajun Dome early. And he participated in every game from a standpoint of dressing out, going through the warm-ups. Redshirted, did not play in any games. I wanted to cover him because he's still going to be, even though he was on the team last year, he did not play in any games. Uh, we had four other bigs. There was just no minutes for him, and his family th- his family actually encouraged the coaching staff to redshirt him. That turned out to be a good decision, I believe. Uh, and when I view that, and I thought, hey, this guy can shoot. You know, you know, if you just watch his percentage and pregame or whatever it is, he was as good as the guards. You know, and he was from all three levels at the basket, mid range, and three pointers. So that's why I say he'll be a stretch big man for us. Just by the way I observed him shoot the ball. He did play in Cuba, then not Cuba, Puerto Rico, keep saying Cuba, but that's several years ago. Puerto Rico uh, in all three games. And when I watched him there, he competed well, and especially in the last game, when we uh, blew out one of the teams and he had 11 rebounds. So if you look at his uh, high school career, career at the Sean Dumas and a little bit of crew, but getting double figure rebounds every time he goes out there. So with the uh, new um, inside lineup we're gonna have with three of our four guys we had last year inside, have moved on, I think he's going to play a lot and maybe challenge for a starting role inside. Is that the way you see it, Craig? Yeah, he reminds me uh, in some ways uh, uh, a little bit of uh, Bryce Washington in the the sense that he can rebound and shoot the ball. 
seems to be smart underneath the basket. So we'll see what happens there. Like you said, I think definitely at 205 needs to gain a little weight at 6'8". But uh, looking forward to see this young man play. Yeah, the way he rebounds, maybe a little like Bryce. I think he jumps a lot better than Bryce. Yes. And he's got more range on his shot. Now, Bryce Washington was an outstanding player from a basketball uh, IQ standpoint. You know, he can see a play ahead of it. it can, and he's got huge hands at the, at the basket of rebounding. So maybe he is going to be similar in that way. Yeah, so lo- really looking forward to seeing him play. And um, I think the fans will enjoy him. You know, he'll, be in the, he'll be in the lineup somewhere, either starting or first off the bench inside. Excellent. Next guy is Landon Fields out of Tupelo, Mississippi. Yeah, uh, the order we're going to go through here, by the way, is but is the order the players signed when they signed chronologically. You know, last July was when Kyron signed. Uh, Landon signed in November of 2022 in the early signing period. Tupelo High School, 6'4", 185. The stats that were able to find on him were 70 points and six rebounds his junior year. His team was 25-4 and four that year. They slipped to 17-11 this past season. They had several college players on the junior uh, on the team his junior year, but you know he ended up having a good season. I don't know the exact stats. I know that he ended up scoring over a thousand points in his high school career. I know he was selected to play in the Mississippi versus Alabama All Star Game. Following his junior year, he played in the Mississippi North South All Star Game, um, and he was on the honorable mention All State team in Mississippi this past year. And when the research I did, it was not not like Louisiana where it has a five A team, four A team. This was the entire state, all classes. He was honorable mention all state. So um, not sure what how much that young man's going to c- contribute. You know, many of these pure freshmen, you never can tell what they're going to do. Most of the time, they plan on red, not redshirt, using these pure freshmen as development. You know, you know, we expect them to contribute sophomore or junior year. So like Kyron Radliff, you know, redshirted last year, he's going to play a lot more this coming year. So we'll see what the Landon can do. Any thoughts on him, Craig? Uh, actually, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I, it'll be interesting to see, you know, playing on the, on those all-star games. Where do you see him being the contributor, though? Um, is it going to be a shooting guard? Yeah, shooting guard and, and maybe in a pinch, small forward. Because um, the reason I say that is the all-state team showed him as a wing, which means they played a two-spot and three-spot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I see him more of maybe a backup point, backup shooting guard, not necessarily a point. Uh, you know, when uh, we signed him, we said he's known as the combo guard, which usually means they can handle the ball a little bit, but I don't think that's his role. I think it's going to be a two and a pinch back up at three. Yeah, I think as long as you have uh, uh, Falks in there, I, I doubt we see too many people at the guard position, uh, the point guard position. Yeah, and Mike Thomas returns for the team this year, who was our backup point guard last year. And uh, there's, there's a young man we'll talk about in a couple of minutes who may challenge Mike in that role. Uh, but before we get to that, back in November, we signed two players. We sent Landon from Tupelo. And by the way, I wanted to say one thing. Tupelo is pretty hard Mississippi, isn't it? They probably played some schools from Memphis area at times in their high school career because it's pretty close to Memphis, which has a, hot, a lot of basketball talent. So he may have faced good competition in the high school ranks. I believe Coach Bob Marlin's from Tupelo, Mississippi, or his dad was from there. I think you're right. I know he's somewhere in Mississippi. Yeah, I know uh, they've got a, a nice picture of uh, Coach Marlin's uh, father with uh, with Elvis. So <laughs> uh, that's where Elvis was from, Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, it is kind of in the north, 
southeast part of the state, a little bit further from uh, Memphis, but I'm sure they do play a lot of teams from that area, uh, Memphis, Jackson, Tennessee, and that and those areas. So exciting times. Daughter, I have a daughter living in Memphis these days uh, where uh, her fiance is there with her. And uh, when we visited her last year, I remember seeing a sign to Tupelo as we got close to Memphis off the interstate. That's what making me think it's in that area. Well, the next guy I want to talk about uh, is Giovanni Nanusi, and hard to find a lot of information on him because he's a foreign player. Uh, what I do know about it, his first three years would be equivalent to high school in Louisiana. He played in Spain, and last year he played at a high school in, uh, was it North Carolina? Yeah, in Greensboro, North Carolina. All I know is that I read from Coach Marlin in the, uh, when we signed him, he's known as a Good passer. He's left-handed, which sometimes give a player a player an advantage. When you play overseas, sometimes you know you're playing pretty good competition uh, in your high school years because they're somewhat equivalent. To, they really don't have high school basketball. It's almost like semi-pro. So you know, not a lot to say about this one because I just can't find much on a guy who played overseas. Yeah, the European countries, uh, high school uh, athletics is much different in the sense of there's it's really not prominent at all. They're going to go outside and uh, especially in the soccer world, they start doing things very young outside of the school. So I do know that Gio did uh, get invited to one of the American camps in, in sophomore and junior year and did okay there. Probably where we uh, American colleges got to look at him. And, and then, by the way, he goes by Gio. That's uh, instead of saying Giovanni, just say Gio. Uh, and I know he, all three of the guys we're talking about here are participating in the summer workouts. You know, so uh, where we can practice an hour or so a day for three, four days a week. Good. Brandon Hardy out of Zachary, Louisiana. Uh, any relations to PJ? I hear that's his cousin. PJ's from the western part of the state. And Brandon's from Zachary, which is north of Baton Rouge. A lot of good stats on this guy. Uh, his sophomore and junior year, Zachary won the 5A, which are which would be equivalent to the non-select, you know, since it's the, the split now state championship. And so, and he, his sophomore year after the 21 season, he was actually the MVP of the state tournament for 5A after his sophomore year. Um, so you always interested in guys who win at a high level like that. Uh, this past season, there was a little controversy. They were 21 and seven, and there was a fight against Liberty late in the season. And, wow. uh, uh, Louisiana High School Athletic Association suspended both schools, did not allow either to participate in the state playoffs. So we can't really say how well they would have done. But um, his, his stats for the year were very encouraging 22 points, five rebounds, two assists per game. They show how consistent he was over his high school career. He scored over 2,000 points in those three years. Um, he was all state in 5A in both his sophomore, after his junior and senior years. Uh, and he did play in the uh, Louisiana North South All Star Game. They have in, uh, and he's actually MVP of his team. I don't remember if it's East or West. And if you look at his body, it's he's, he's six three one ninety, but he looks like he's very muscular. Appears he's ready for the college game from a physical standpoint. And he played point guard his sophomore and junior year. The years that they won the state this past year, he played off guard. So with that versatility and that body, and he's known as a good defensive player, I expect him, if they need the three high school players that we just pure freshmen, he may be the one to see 
playing time and maybe by the end of the season at crunch time. Yeah, I, I think when you look at his frame, it looks uh, it looks bigger or more defined than a, a player who's 6'3 and 190. It's kind of deceptive a little bit there. So looking forward to watching him play. Yeah, I think he'll fit real well with the culture that Coach Warner tried to build here because he's known as a leader. Uh, read some things from his high school coach and said, you know, he had a, a vehicle that it, it, some other players on the team had a hard time to get into practice and random would go around and pick him up, bring him to practice. And after the uh, unfortunate incident with the fight with Liberty and the, the state rule that they couldn't play in the playoffs, the cops of this team was very disappointed in being defending state champions for two consecutive years. Brandon's the guy who went around and informed the rest of the team. The coaches didn't, he did, and um, led them out easy, so to speak. So that's tells me that's a leadership type of guy, you know. So a couple of years from now, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the team leaders. Really looking forward to him playing. And, uh, Absolutely. I think Cajun fans are going to enjoy watching him and uh, also get to see him get some playing time there. I agree with you there. Yeah, if the next guy we're going to talk about is the junior college guy play some small forward, then I, you might see Brandon be a, a backup at the, the off guard. But since he played point guard for two years in high school, you know, who knows? Maybe he challenges Mike Thomas for the backup point guard role as well. Yeah. So that's the name to remember of the three high school players. I think uh, of, the, of the ones who might contribute early is Brandon Hardy. And as you said, he's got a family member who's a former Cajun. So he's probably got good bloodlines. All right. Absolutely. The next two guys, we're going to talk about a JC guys. Let's go get into Blake Butler coming in, a junior at 6'5, 210. Uh, some very nice stats coming in from junior college. Yeah, he's from Louisville, but played three years at East Mississippi Community College. Uh, the reason you could play three years in junior college because of COVID. You know, one year doesn't count. And what's encouraging when you talked about his uh, three years of Juco ball, his first year was as a pure freshman, 12 points, four rebounds. Second year is 15 points and five rebounds. This past year is 21 points, six rebounds and two assists per game. He shot 45% from the field. When I looked at his numbers a little more detail, he's 33% from three, which is, you know, normal. But he means he was over 50% from two-point line, 52%. That tells me somebody those kind of numbers can score from three levels. If you're 52% at a guard, small four, you're getting to the basket. You're scoring inside. You're probably making some mid-ranges. And he uh, and he took a fair number of threes. Um uh, this past year is the year he really blossomed, uh, where he was um, you know, one of the top JUCO players in the nation, ranked number 17 by some JUCO analysts, honorable mention JUCO All-American. And the reason for that is he had some games where he scored very well. I think he had four games over 30 and one game over 40. So, and, and people may find this interesting. He did all that and averaging 21 minutes per game out of 40. So why is he scoring that much? And that's, well, if you look at his um, team, uh, East Mississippi, uh, they were 20 and 60 this past year. Their coach just played seven or eight guys all about 20 minutes each. That was just their philosophy. So if you look at points per minute, this guy was very efficient. Uh, you know, the, the Mississippi junior colleges, I know a, a lot of us here in Louisiana, because we don't have the junior college systems like a lot of places, is very similar. The Mississippi side of it is very similar to what you see in Texas junior colleges in baseball. So uh, very impressed with this young man. Yeah, eight. I think there are eight junior colleges in the Mississippi League. Uh, 
I think both the last two years he was in the all Mississippi team and in, in, uh, in some cases some of the uh, all state teams they're all Mississippi JC team he was the MVP and doing that of playing 21 minutes a game so I see him either challenging Kentrell Garnett for the uh, two spot as a starter or maybe the first off the bench in the backing up um, Kentrell whoever's going to play the three the, the small forward role for the Cajuns which Maybe Kobe Julian. Who knows? Maybe it's Kobe, maybe it's this kid. Maybe he, he's a, a starter as well, and Kobe plays inside. Yeah, yeah. So the, you know, pretty great, great pickup there. I, I don't remember who uh, some of the other schools that uh, offered him, but I remember uh, some pretty prominent ones in the running. I think some SEC schools were in on him. Yes, I do remember seeing that. Moving on to Hosanna Kitnich. Yes, did I, I pronounce to... that correct? I had to check with some people in the program how to pronounce his name correctly, and it is Hosanna Kitnich. It's not spelled that way. Uh, his last name is H-O-S-A-N-A, so it's like just Hosanna in the highest if you'd be saying prayers. And Kitnich, it's K-I-T-E-N-G-E. And uh, he's got quite an interesting background. He's originally from Senegal, but grew up in England before. Uh, so don't really know what he did in high school. Uh, again, you know, Europeans are a little different, but... His first two years, he played at the uh, Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt Conference. And in fact, uh, played on senior night, uh, I guess that was 2021 or 2020, uh, and where he played six minutes at six points and four rebounds. At Coastal Carolina, his first year, he played in all 30 games. And he averaged uh, six, was this? Three points per game and two rebounds per game. We so okay, you're a freshman. All right, so that's normal, you know, playing every game. But the, we, we didn't talk about this guy. Um, you talk about a similarity to Bryce Washington, even more so. I've seen things of six seven or six eight, but almost every one is 265, 270. Known as a space eater under the basket. Yeah, yeah he, he looks like a big, 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 big young man that can take up some space. You're right. Yeah, and all the years I follow basketball and even playing a little bit of pickup ball, it's much more difficult to go against a guy with size inside than a tall guy. You know, you can fake tall guy, but a guy that says just take up space, you know, it's tough to get rebounds around him. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But moving on to the rest of his career, um, his second year, he had a COVID issue, you know, where COVID was rising the country. So he barely played at Coastal. Uh, so really no stats that year. I think after four or five games, he may not have played the rest of the season. Then, um, so he moved on to Howard College, which was a junior college in Texas, and he had a knee injury, so did not play there at all. So then he moved on to junior college at Three Rivers, which is a junior college in Missouri, and ended up with some good numbers there with 12 points, eight rebounds, and three assists per game. But what impressed me about him is I looked at the box scores and he got better as the season went along. In his first two games, he went one for 15 from the field at that side. So that tells me, okay, he hadn't played in two years. You know, hadn't really played, so probably Russia. So to average uh, those numbers with such a poor start, and he shot 52% from the field and over 60 from the free throw line, not a three-point shooter, tells me he got a lot better. In fact, uh, his last six games of the season, he averaged 15 and 10 at uh, Three Rivers there. Played in all 29 games. And he fouled out only once. I know uh, Isaiah Richards was a player we had here last year who was a backup inside guy. And he, our concern was him and his fouls per minute were pretty high. I, that does not appear to be the case with this guy. 
He only fouls out once. He's playing almost 30 minutes a game, and he's playing in every game. He's getting a lot better as the season goes along. So, um, again, with three of our four inside guys moving on, I see this guy either starting or coming in off the bench pretty quickly. Uh, so he'll be a significant contributor. Yeah, going back to uh, his freshman year at, at Coastal Carolina, only averaging two fouls per game. Now, he only played uh, just a little over nine minutes per game, but still at the same time, I think that's pretty good for a freshman and playing smart with a, you know, 61, 62% field goal percentage there. So uh, I, I think we're going to like the way this young man plays as well. Uh, did we mention that he played in the dome? He had six points and four rebounds in a in senior night game back uh, three or four years ago. Uh, and that was a really close game. The Cages won 108 to 101. You know, a really interesting and entertaining game, the final game of that year. So it, as close as that game was, with those kind of numbers, it was a close game. So he had to be in the game when the game was on the line. When uh, Kevin Foote wrote an article about him uh, coming on board a couple of weeks ago, that's some comments from his junior college coach. There's a lot of hyperbole in this, but he compared him to Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic is the MVP of the, final, of the just recently completed NBA Finals. And prior to that, he was the NBA MVP and then the regular season for the previous two seasons. So that kind of comparison to go, whoa, what, what he's meaning is the kid is um, got a high basketball IQ. What do you mean when you say high basketball IQ? That means you can anticipate what's going to happen. Like a couple of passes ahead of what are they really you see. Uh, he'll make the right play. He won't force it. He'll make the right pass. He'll make the, you know, on defense, he'll, he'll, he'll give the right help when somebody gets to the basket or things like that. So, you know, interesting comparison. Then you find there to, to, to be a, the, now they're both Europe, European players. I guess that's a, a comparison. Yep. I, th I think when you, when you, the one thing that comes to mind when I think basketball IQ is Bryce Wash, Washington. I remember sitting next to Bryce at uh, after he had graduated, and I mean just being able to anticipate everything as it was coming down the court. This is what they're going to do. This is what happened, and I understand not just for our team, uh, for the other team that we were playing as well. I believe that was in the uh, conference tournament when it was still being held at UNO. So high basketball IQ has is, is turned out pretty good for the Cajuns in the past. You mentioned uh, Bryce there. In fact, uh, I know Coach Marlin has mentioned to a friend of mine, that's who he would compare him to. Not, yeah, from the basketball IQ standpoint and the big body there, he's got big hands as well. And uh, going to be good for us on the boards. And, and having played um, – a couple of years, you know, one year at Division One level, another year in junior college, and four years total being from overseas. Probably fairly mature young man. All right, it's a nice, uh, nice little first taste of Cajun basketball, I guess, for us there. Uh, anything else in general that you want to talk about, Mike, uh, with the team, or either anything that we may have forgotten to talk about with? Uh, with this recruiting class here? I don't know if the recruiting class is complete. Right now I do know we have, we're full on scholarships, so they probably are full, but you never know. Like last year, Terrence Lewis came aboard, you know, in late July after he graduated from junior college. If somebody can help us, you know, I would not be shocked if that happens. Not anticipating it, but you know, you're always trying to get better. Uh, so, so I think this is it for recruiting, but wouldn't be shocked if somebody else comes aboard. 
the summer workouts are on the way right now. I understand in early part of June, uh, they pretty much just worked with the weights and individual work. You can work with players four hours a week. So as we get into the July session here, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a little bit more true regular practice. Uh, they usually go Monday through Thursday, generally in uh, the Mockler Center. I did see that we have a new floor in the cage, though. So maybe they'll be able to practice in the dome sometime. There's some of them, there's no concerts. That floor is a couple of years behind schedule, by the way. People wanted to wait in the floor. Well, what I found out there are a couple of places the previous floor did have some warping issues. You know, they don't last that long. Uh, so that, so Especially we'll, maybe, here in South Louisiana with uh, having to move it in and out, uh, of, not move it out of the dome, but moving it off the floor into a different area and everything that I'm sure is not as well climate controlled as the dome itself yeah as the summer goes along uh, i know some of the rebounders club members occasionally get to go to chance to go to practice i've done that before but you know you've got to be careful in order to have that privilege you can't really share too much of what you see but maybe in generalities you can so maybe in july i'll get into the practice and share what i'm allowed to and next time we get together whatever that is next time something significant comes up we'll get together we can discuss that Sounds good, Mike. Hopefully uh, we'll see the schedule and be able to talk about that. Hopefully there's a, a there's a may, maybe another signing, another big man that could help us out. Just lots of things to uh, to look forward to in this coming season, I think. Yeah. Speaking about uh, the schedule, sometimes it comes out uh, after August, but uh, I think August 30th is the deadline for season ticket renewals. But if you don't have season tickets, you don't have to wait until after the deadline for the current renewals. Uh, you can call the dome right now and get and see what's available. A friend of mine just did that recently. In fact, got some tickets pretty close to me. So, uh, if you like what happened last year and these new guys, maybe it could keep the tradition going. Uh, you might have a fun time at the dome. Yeah. Well, sounds good, Mike. Appreciate your time. Uh, we'll hopefully get together soon and talk more basketball. Hopefully, there, there's something exciting coming out of the program within the next couple of months. Hope so. Looking forward to the next time we visit. Yes, sir. You've been listening to We're Talking. We've been talking basketball, Raging Cajun basketball, with longtime Cajun fan, Mike Gaybear. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.